You're listening to The PaveCast, a podcast from Partners for Automated Vehicle Education to illuminate the world of AV technology. Learn about PAVE and its mission by visiting www.pavecampaign.org. Hello, and welcome to another of PAVE's new member conversations. My name is Ed Niedermeyer. I am the Communications Director here at Partners for Automated Vehicle Education, and I am proud to welcome today uh, from PAVE's newest member company, uh, Safe AI, uh, founder and CEO, Bivarjit Halder. Excuse me. <laughs> Bivarjit, welcome. Thank you, Ed, and thanks for doing this thing. I really appreciate it. I think you know what you guys are doing at PAVE is amazingly important for the whole ecosystem, so really uh, looking forward to talking to you. Great. Thank you so much. Um, and, and thank you for, for joining uh, PAVE. We're, we're really uh, proud and, and honored to, to have you as a member. Um, if we could just start for, for those folks out there who are not familiar with, uh, with Safe AI and the work that it does and, and, and what you do there, um, if you could just sort of fill, fill people in on, on Safe AI. Absolutely. So we are based in Silicon Valley. Uh, we are focusing on making construction and mining ecosystem fully autonomous. What does that mean? We work with the mining and construction company, utilize their vehicle, think about their big truck, loader, dozer, you probably have seen it. We retrofit those vehicles, make it fully autonomous, no human driver, no remote control, and really make that dull, dirty job completely autonomous and make it safe and productive. It's a pretty, pretty straightforward. And and so this this focus on the on the construction and um, and mining businesses. I mean, this is something that kind of goes way back for you, right? Um, I understand that uh, uh, you know you were uh, first you know involved in the in the DARPA Grand Challenge. I guess before we get into uh, into some of the construction and mining stuff. Can, can you just tell us a little bit what that was like to, to be involved in the DARPA Grand Challenge? It's such an important piece of, of AV history. And, and I feel like now people don't always hear all that much about it since it's not really in the news. That's right. No, absolutely. I've been, I mean, the way I say, I've been doing autonomy almost for 20 years now, really getting starting with the DARPA Grand Challenge. We started early 2000. And I think the kind of biggest kind of line I, I say that, you know, the defense was using autonomy even before 90s. And you know, a lot of people don't know, obviously, defense is always early mover when it comes to technology. And in early 2000, they said, can we spark interest in the commercial world? So I think this was about $2 million or $3 million combined kind of two, two projects they had, that a grand challenge, two challenge. And think about this way, that $2 or $3 million initial investment turned into $80 billion or $90 billion investment today. So that's probably one of the biggest ROI you can think of. So I was involved part of that. I was in a grad school doing my PhD in autonomy. So this was kind of the dream project you can be part of. Uh, and you know, like all the universities are part of that. Uh, so that was like, you know, best experience for when I was in the grad school, I was doing PhD on autonomy. So an amazing, amazing experience. And I think it's part, a lot of interest, really moved the technology into the commercial world. And that kind of kick-started the whole process of, as you said, the AV industry. Yeah, and, and could you just maybe briefly give people a sense of sort of like what what was the difference of what was where was the technology sort of before the DARPA and and where was it after? Like how how dramatic dramatically did it change sort of the state of the technology? That's right. So when you think about autonomy, right? This is not just a car. Obviously, we talk about self-driving car, but basically anything and everything. Think about car you know, different very machine, think about the defense machine, you know, even the flying machine and all the thing, defense was doing them autonomy even at, as I say, 90s. And they were actually using it in a real world. It was not in a, you know, 
but they realize that this is a great potential like any other technology you think about internet you think about gps they all come from the defense they used it first they saw it's a great potential and they give it to the commercial world so that's really what happened and when they say okay get, you know let's see this what the best of the universities of the us can do and they did it amazing and you know the carnegie mellon the stanfords of the world they win the you know win the race that really set the stage of that yes it is possible so i think the biggest contribution is that give it to the commercial world and prove it to the world that yes it is possible and literally just to give you a little bit of touch the companies like caterpillar and comasus of the world would develop the big mining machine they were watching it very closely you know cat and gm and ford they were all part of the dr grand challenge the moment it was successful cat just took it off and ran with it and that's kind of will come to that point but really that's that started this whole av ecosystem if you will absolutely yeah and i feel like there was for for you know for a lot of people that darpa challenge was the first time they'd ever even heard of you know this this autonomous drive technology and then there was sort of a bit of a gap and then and then a lot of people heard about you know when google started you know building on on that darpa work and doing their self driving car but 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 the public has always been really much more aware of of uh, those programs that are developing autonomy for for personal mobility use cases, which makes sense as as as, as consumers of personal mobility. Uh, but you, as you say, uh, you know, Caterpillar was watching this DARPA Grand Challenge, and and they were ready to to start commercializing this, and 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 that's where you went, right? You went to Caterpillar. Um, what was that like? What you know? What was the potential that they saw? What was the use case that they saw? And then what was the work that you were doing there? That's right. So when I was saying defense was doing autonomy back in '90s, also actually when Caterpillar was doing autonomy back in '90s. So obviously most of the people don't know they had an autonomous truck running in the backyard, their backyard in 1995. Obviously they were a little ahead of that time, both from the commercial and technology. But the moment when I say Caterpillar was watching, I don't mean just watching. They had their so Caterpillar was participant of the DARPA Grand Challenge. So their team member were part of the DARPA Grand Challenge. So when they say watching, they were not just watching. They're like, I want to participate in that. The moment it was successful, literally the original DARPA Grand Challenge people, some of the Mark Caterpillar employee, they kickstarted. They said, now I can actually take it to production. So and for me, I just finished my PhD back in you know that time, my PhD on autonomy, and Caterpillar was literally taking everybody and anybody who has anything to do with autonomy. and it's just at me i mean i think a lot of people don't know even a lot of passenger people today they were actually at a caterpillar project yeah. i think I, i know i don't know if you know argo and aurora yeah. both of their ceo was somehow involved with the caterpillar project chris samson and brian selski so it was a who's who's project back then think about caterpillar started about 2008 then google kind of started off with some of those early player from the caterpillar project and then they start obviously that interest part the interest in the passenger vehicle side which you justly say that right because we can relate to the car more closely than a big 200 ton mining truck absolutely but at the same time people you know people are constantly like well when when are avs going to be here and and you know sometimes you tell them well it depends on what kind of avs you're talking about because those those caterpillar trucks i mean this has been in in use and and maybe could you explain a little bit like what is the what is the use case just so people can understand you know i think it's it's really important for people to understand sort of that that the technology when it's at different states it sort of works you know there there are different domains and different tasks that it's going to be, be capable of doing so what was that first one that caterpillar was was working on that's right and just to kind of give you a macro idea like you know you want to think about autonomy as a technology 
but really the use of autonomy is a different use case right it's like any like internet is not like you don't use internet you use internet to do something with it right so so think about a big mine or if you don't understand mine but maybe a big construction site which you all have seen right this big truck the big loader big dozer like think about a truck which somebody is putting the dirt on the truck and it's got carrying dirt from point a to b right make that truck autonomous what is the benefit is that it's a constrained environment so it's not like a, it's a private area so there is a lot of regulations a lot of constraint so it's not like child is running around in the you know a construction site or a mine so that helps you it's a, in a public in a private area second thing is very repeatable the truck is moving dirt from point a to point b all day long 24/7 for 5 years i mean it's a, it's a like it's like the it's like the best use case of autonomy if you will and the third thing is the safety you know have you seen any construction site or mining site you don't want you know you don't want to expose human into that kind of environment so you want to reduce the exposure of human into that kind of environment so that's really the you combine all these three thing it becomes the perfect use case to deploy autonomy is the first time and that's exactly what happened yeah no and 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 again it's i think people just aren't um uh aware enough of uh of this and you know kind of to to the point that that you were making you know a lot of times i think people when they're trying to understand this technology uh, and they're sort of building their mental model of it for the first time. Too often they they start with cars, right? They think, oh, okay, it's a car, right? Which we have a, a mental model for, and but it just drives itself. And in fact, really, I think as you were sort of saying, to understand this technology, it's it's really more like a robot, right? Where yeah. where like a car, all cars kind of look more or less essentially the same. Obviously, differences, but fundamentally, whereas a robot is going to look totally different depending on what you want the that robot to do, right? And yeah. and so. Um, you know, this loader truck. And and so so after working at Caterpillar, you, you then went and worked on a, a really kind of broad variety of, of autonomous vehicle projects, many or most of which I think were were focused sort of on the on-road. Um help explain sort of what what that what that's like going from a you know one of those early off-road projects like the, the Caterpillar one into into some of the other uh projects that you worked on that were more sort of what what people think about when they think about AVs. That's right. And I think that I was there Caterpillar for seven years. So really my biggest learning beside all the technology and cool stuff and all that is that how do you deploy such a complex technology in the real production, right? So I think by the time I left Caterpillar, there was about 30 or 40 of the truck was running in production 24-7. So that was back in 2014. So autonomy without any human, any remote control was running in production 24-7. It's been what, about seven, eight years now. Right? So really, I mean, where we left off the technology that it is already in production, that is where Ford came along. Ford was opening the office in Silicon Valley. I knew the guy who was, you know, kind of, so that got me to Silicon Valley and that got, got me to the self-driving. And, you know, 2014, 2015, it was about to get crazy when it comes to self-driving, right? So that really got me into the self-driving ecosystem, if you will. And there was a lot of good technology was getting built. I was at Ford, I was at Faraday Future, I was at Apple. So really kind of seeing the massive explosive growth on the technology front that self-driving car brought on. And so that, that was a great experience. We saw how the technology kind of leapfrog, if you will. Yeah. And so then after working at, at a number of these companies that you just mentioned, uh, you found your way back to uh, to where you'd started in, in a sense, right? With uh, with SafeAI, you founded SafeAI and, and you did it to focus on uh, construction and mining, as you were saying. What were the things that you saw sort of in, in this journey through this technology and, and the different parts of it and the different applications of it that, that made you kind of go back in that direction? Was it just that that it was familiar to you or was there was there more to it than that? 
it's really if you think about this way this industry which is mining construction like a heavy industry we call it a heavy industry they already have autonomy running in production but like any technology the first version whether you take tesla's roadstar or any other car like first versions are always expensive and not as good as it can be right so then you marry that with the fact that autonomy that we did it in the back in the days versus today's autonomy is fundamentally different you know we didn't have the gpu back in the days we didn't have all the you know processing power all the sensor all the computer so we could not do all the thing we could do today and that can greatly benefit the customer you know their use case can greatly benefit and also you don't have to buy a you know roadster anymore you can buy a you know autonomy at a price point that everybody can access that's really the trigger point that nobody is doing it the way i say simplify is that if google was a, was doing autonomy for mining we'd have have 50% of mining equipment autonomous by now so you combine the fact that this will be a great benefit to the society from the safety and productivity point of view they can use the latest and the greatest technology at a price point that can access everybody and that's how technology moves like if you uh, i give an example of internet for simplification if you want to have internet in 1980 you probably will get you know few drops of you know bits of data and you pay a lot of money for it but not today so that's really the motivation we said let's take this technology back into the industry they can benefit from the safety productivity and reliability at a price point that everybody can use it and that's really our our kind of vision for the safety yeah absolutely and i think you know when when people sort of realize you know often for the first time that that oh yeah the avs aren't just cars on roads right that it's this variety of vehicles i it's often easy to sort of look at you know i guess what you would call off-road applications right as you said there's there's not the kind of randomness of 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 public road traffic and things like that and you know i don't think anyone really really thinks that any kind of autonomous drive technology is is easy but i think you know it, it's easy to kind of just think like oh okay well it makes sense because it's simply easier what what are some of the challenges of of off-road um that that are that are different than um than than sort of some of the on-road applications. Yeah, so let me make a macro comment first before going to detail. Like really I think one of the thing people and they will realize when they use it is that autonomy is not about technology. You know, people focus on technology today because it hasn't been applied yet, right? So I'll give the the example I give everybody is that you don't pick a car based on whose brake is better. everybody's brake is better right so think about autonomy that way that you don't say my autonomy is better than your autonomy everybody's autonomy is going to be good now say you can do better job with my autonomy in my use case so it's really the difference is a use case so with that context you want to say okay what is the complexity of the use case and it is really the understanding that what they use this truck for what they use this machine for right so i can go into technical detail but that's why i say can i make their life easier with this machine how do i integrate this autonomy into their overall workflow how does it make it easier for them to use like the passenger other quite haven't hit with that problem because they haven't productionized it if you will so the deltas are in mean, technology wise i can go down to the point that there is a bigger machine the control is harder the environment is lot more complicated because of the dust and all the thing is lot, you know so there are all those technology reason but really heart of this do you understand the use case and can you actually make it better and better and easier for the user to use it because the end vision that we have is that think about that you want to you know do something whether let's think about construction a construction project you have all the machine just getting the job done coordinatedly and human is just 
doing the managing the plan and orchestrating the plan and your work is getting done. So that's really the main difference. I know this is not a direct answer, but it's a, it's, it's not a technology answer. Yeah, no, but I think it brings up a, a really great point, which we were sort of alluded to earlier, which is that this technology, you you almost can't really understand autonomous drive technology without really understanding the the task that it's doing and, and then the domain in which it's doing it. And I think, it, again, people think of it as, you know, solving autonomy as like one single problem, right? Where you solve autonomy and, and then all of a sudden you have a, a computer that can drive anywhere, everywhere, uh, you know, how would you respond to, to people who who sort of are thinking about the technology that way? Uh, uh, yeah, I mean, I think a lot of people say the same thing. I'll copy that. Is that building the technology is a, I would say, ten percent effort. So making it productionized and making it you know happen for real user is a ninety percent effort. So right. you know there is a good autonomy that just gets you in the table, right? That in okay, I have the technology now. How can I use it? It, that is really your, that's where the 90% effort goes. And that's where, what we say, when you say why we did, we understand this vertical very well, right? So we know this is where the 90% effort will go. And technology is just a enabler of that, if you will. Yeah, absolutely. Um, let's see. So, so I want to kind of shift a little bit. And, um, I want to shift a little bit and 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 talk a little bit about about AV education and and Pave. I think you know what what you've just explained, both given some history of 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 your experience in the industry, and then also sort of explaining you know the differences between domains and tasks, and um, you know this is all really aligned with the with the stuff that that we're already uh, doing. But I'm I'm curious, sort of, where does your motivation come to 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 join Pave to support education uh, on this topic? Yeah, what I kind of started off with, you know, this discussion, right? I mean, what you guys are doing is immensely important. And I think there are quite a bit of area. One thing just to kind of maybe start off the technical side of it, like one, com- there's a lot of commonality between these different use cases. One is the safety framework. Like, you know, we don't, you know, whatever use case you think about, but we want the autonomous machine, autonomous truck, autonomous vehicle, you know, what might be to be completely safe. And, and safety hierarchy was the same architecture, right? We all want the same thing, like right? simple where the vehicle should not be close to anything that is not supposed to be, you know, objects, right? So I think there's a lot of learning you can do it. There's a lot of whiteboard safety you can do, but the real understanding from the actually applying in the use case and keep sharing that information, that is an amazing. And somebody like PAVE is, is a great kind of the enabler to that. Because, you know, can we have everybody's knowledge there and kind of share that? I think another thing is that what I call it a greater acceptability and adaptability. Like it, if you like, there is still a lot of thing. Oh, is it going to work? Why is it good? Right. But you can do all your technical argument, all your philosophical argument. But if you show people here is a thousand truck, let's see this thousand truck has been running in this mine or a construction. Think about a construction site. What would have taken a five year? Now they're getting the job done in four year and see they have no fatal accident. And if you show that again and again to the humanity, it will also give a greater adaptability and acceptability to the all community. Like it's okay, it is such a you know, affecting our productivity, safety is gonna do the same thing for my other use case. I think that, and instead of one company and one use case propagating that message, I think somebody like Pave, is an amazing platform to do that. I think that third important thing is building the ecosystem. 
as again i think we are too mired into technology today because it's too early like think about i, I want to because you want to think about the game changing technology think about iphone right iphone one of the biggest technology is how do you do that touch thing that's the capacitor but who care about capacitor today we don't talk about capacitors technology for iphone right you say what app am i going to download right so think about autonomy the same way we are talking about technology and dna and all that thing because it's too early but really what you want the ecosystem has to come together because autonomy is not about doing mining or self driving it will fundamentally change the way we move the way we build the way we transport and that is not just autonomy right every ecosystem has to change with it so i think and that you can't build it without the society's full commitment it is not about writing code i think those three things if you think about i mean i pave is just a perfect platform to propagate and share across the whole community well i think that was uh just a beautifully put uh, uh you know reason why i i you know sort of get up every day and 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 do this so um I think we'll we'll just leave it there. I, I have really nothing more to 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 say to to top how you just described it. Um, uh, but uh, like I said, that's that's exactly you know kind of the the things that I'm I'm thinking about when I when I get on the job every day. So um, thank you for 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 putting it so so eloquently, and and thank you so much for uh, for joining Pave and and supporting uh, our educational efforts. Uh, Be Brigitte Halder from Safe AI. Uh, CFAI is the newest PAVE member. Thank you so much for taking the time to uh, come and speak with me today. Thank you. Thank you, Ed. Thank you for listening to the PAVEcast, hosted by Partners for Automated Vehicle Education. To learn more about this and other topics related to automated vehicles, visit our website at pavecampaign.org or follow us on your favorite social media at PAVEcampaign.